0: Hello, I'm Nathaniel, and welcome to The Descent Into Illumination. I have achieved a great deal. So before I begin today's episode, I really wanted to give um, a graphic warning content and potentially definitely about trigger warnings. Um, today we'll be talking about um, my personal sexual assault and... I know that this can be a very sensitive topic for some people, so before I really go ahead and dive into whatever this episode ends up becoming, I really wanted to give this warning first beforehand. So, if this might be a little sensitive topic for you, please um, go ahead and feel free to just go ahead and not listen to this, or you know, listen to it in a safe place with someone you know and trust, or at anything like that. So, well, I was recently talking to someone about this podcast. i um, they're one of the listeners here and I take what they say very seriously, try to figure out how I can incorporate it into this podcast. And I'm someone who really prides himself on being generally really open and really, you know, kind of going back to that whole connectivity episode, you know, really trying to understand the deeper elements in life. And it really became clear through the course of our conversation that there's so much in this podcast that I'm open and very honest about, and, you know, a lot of that's because, you know, I want to have this relationship with you guys, you know, whoever's listening on to this show, where if we're really talking about these deep issues of what society is, you know, and, and through the lens of an addict, always, that you have to be honest, you have to be thorough, and you have to really come through with it, and if you're really going to begin to kind of understand what uh, these issues are and everything along this nature among that nature. One of the really important things is you know I you talked about my sexual assault and what was brought up in that conversation was really that I, I'm like, hey, here's all the drugs I did. Hey, here's this entire story of all these past traumas and everything like that. And then I'm like, oh yeah right, I've been sexually assaulted. And really leave it at that. And I think there's a few reasons why I I don't know if it's neglect or if I really don't talk about it is because I really don't know if I've ever really come to terms with it. And I'll really get into that after the end of the story. I'm also going to, I did write actually for a friend who does uh, another YouTube channel um, about her story of self-harm and everything like that. And i am um, go ahead and see if I can plug it at the end of this as well. I believe her Twitter is self harm on mask and same thing with her YouTube Channel, but I'll see if I can go ahead and provide a link in my description as well. Um, and I wrote a victim letter for her, and I haven't shared it on there yet. In fairness, there's only probably about a handful of people that know about my sexual—actually, know my sexual assault story. And judging by uh, how many people currently listen to this podcast, there's only about a dozen more. But that's okay. It's an important thing to talk about. So. I guess the story really begins, isn't this is my act of addiction? It is... I've been kicked out of my parents' house several times at this point. Um, wasn't really allowed at my my father's or my mother's place. Um, because they needed a healthy boundary that I was at all for kicking out. I was bringing meth and needles into the environment. It wasn't really a trustworthy person, to be honest with you. So looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, it totally makes sense why it wasn't allowed there, but... In that time, you know, I wasn't really allowed to be at home. It wasn't able to sustain the income to have my own home. So I was bouncing around from friend's house to friend's house. And one night, so it's probably, I'd probably been awake for about 72 to 96 hours, somewhere in that range. Um, i definitely been on one of my benders of uh, methamphetamine. I mean, there was really, really no coherent sobriety to the entire time. So it was just bender after bender. But I don't remember what, it was after I lost my apartment too, I was not allowed anywhere. Um, and I was currently off and on staying at a friend's um, apartment in, uh, in the community where I grew up. They were nice enough apartments, but that apartment was definitely a trap house. Um, where everyone was either stolen or it was always messy and all, it was a very, uh, uh, it wasn't for all kinds of purposes, a very unsafe place. And, so I had been awake for about, you know, three, four, five days, um, at this point, and I, I think I was messing around in, uh, a city called Tempe, that's, am uh, part of the community I live in, I think I was hanging out, running around, maybe went to a few casinos, you know, just continuously getting high, and I eventually got stranded there, I hadn't, I wasn't really able to go anywhere from there anymore, and I'm like, well, what, what do I do now? I'm out of money, and out of drugs. Um, I guess I should go to sleep. So I ended up going on for about a, a walk for the entire night. No, no, it's probably only about 15, 20 miles is all I walk. So nothing crazy I me. Mean, but, you know, when you're coming down off of my um, methamphetamine, definitely not a fun, fun walk. And I make it back to their apartment at my friend's place. And they had a mattress in the living room. Um, and I just kind of passed out on it. And I, uh, when I woke up. It was probably, I don't know, maybe an hour or two later it was in the middle of the night. Um, you don't really sleep well when you come off the You're either dead to the world or you're very fragile. Um, when I woke up. And um, a gentleman was uh, performing hormone sex on me. And it really, it was like flabbergasted me. I was really uncomfortable, as you could completely imagine. And what uh, ended up happening was basically I just kind of kicked him off and he told him to told me get the fuck out of here and leave me alone. And I just kind of rolled back over on the other side and just went back to bed. Um, what happened after that was uh, I obviously I woke up the next day and kind of told my friends about it. And, no one really believed me. Um, yeah, no one no one believed me. Uh, I, that you know, was a really, really weird thing going there I don't know what they thought, but they, they didn't believe the story, and I can't, you know, I can't entirely blame them for not believing the story. You know, I was the meth addict, who, and they all knew very well about my addiction, um, who wasn't really welcome in that environment in the first place. Um, and, that was it. I kept staying at the places I had nowhere else to go, so I had to see my attacker quite often. Um, and eventually, because I kept saying things about it, you know, um, I would never say it directly, you know, what the attacker was there, but when we were smoking weed on the patio or something like that, I'd bring it up to my friends on a couple different occasions. And again, no one really believed it. And I don't know if they were, or, or I don't know why, you no know, one believed it, but nothing ever came of it. Um, and so uh, eventually they ended up getting me kicked out. My attacker ended up getting me t- kicked out of the apartment because he said I was stealing stuff, but in reality that actually individual was stealing stuff from other people. So like, I got kicked out of the one place where I was able to stay, and that's the first time I ever really truly experienced sleeping on the streets. Um, from that, you know, it's probably about a week and a half time span, roughly, roughly a week and a half. If my memory serves me correctly, I don't know. All my days ran together back then that was it. I didn't really deal with it ever since then. You know, I've come to find out that um, this person actually attacked almost everyone that lived in an apartment. Or stay at that apartment and would pass out. I, was, um, I don't know if I was the first person that got attacked, or what, but uh, I it, it wasn't the last. And that, that scares me. I still watch this day. I never filed a report police report or anything like that. I didn't even think about a police report. Um, and me and my friends didn't even believe me. I was living that apartment with them. I was also a meth addict who was going to believe me. So, that's that. That's my uh, sexual assault story. Uh, a lot of people got sexual assault. And here's the weird thing about it though, is I feel horrible um about it still. I, and the, this is amazing feeling where I was at my most vulnerable point um, this feeling that I had no agency over my own body at that point point. and this is someone who's coming off of a five day meth bender who's dead to most of the world at this point in his eyes um, trying to just get some sleep to feel okay and human again uh, waking up and someone just takes away their last bit of agency it sucked I <laughs> sucked I I, I I don't have anything that's mine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm nothing more than an object to some people. And then to turn around and have, uh, myself kicked out. By by because of the attacker in my place. And not be believed. That I was so far gone that no one would even believe when any traumatic event happened. It sucked. It sucked a lot. It hurt. And you know, i like, and that goes back to that whole feeling of alone, the feeling of worthlessness, that despair. So you know what, I probably got fucked up again. Probably did a lot of drugs. Try to mask the pain. Because I wasn't in control of myself, obviously. I didn't have my own agency, obviously. You know, no one wants anything to do with me. I'm you know, this place where I got sexually assaulted and I'm nothing than some object to some people. And I'm um, useless as to get thrown out by the wayside. It sucked. It hurt. It's hurt. It really hurt, and I think what in recovery now, years later, this is, that was probably about five years ago now. Um, this is the first time I've really ever seriously tried to talk about or process it. Even um, I think what really gets to me now is I didn't—I didn't, I don't consider myself as someone who was raped or anything like that. I don't think that I didn't wake up and I was raped or. Um, was forcefully held there against my will or anything like that. So I feel like an outsider in the sexual assault community, which I know isn't true. But I feel like there's this, this, this latent stigma. It's like I wasn't some, um, kind of as stereotypical as it sounds. I wasn't some young person who was, um, drugged by a friend and then and raped senselessly. That I should be able to deal with this because I just woke up and someone was performing all sex on me and everything like that and it, 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 it hurts because I don't feel like I am entitled to claim that I'm a survivor of that when in reality I am but that's just my feeling behind it I don't feel like that I, I get that right you know when in complete reality I was in someone who was in this moment complete vulnerability and insecurity I got assaulted and taken advantage of and then got from being this trash and everything like that, and no one believed my story or anything like that. It's such a feeling of despair and hopelessness. That even, you know, years later that there's still this part of me that feels that that's just this shame with it. That I'm not worthy of being able to say that I survived the sexual assault because I never got raped or anything like that, that I just get just gonna woke up and somebody was fucking sucking me off. It hurts. It hurt a lot. It hurts still down to this day i learned to deal with it. I've had healthy relationships since then. I don't wish that upon anyone. It's not something I really talk about on a regular basis. Or anything like that. I think I, I remember definitely I hurt myself over it several times. So I definitely cut myself quite a few times over it. But those aren't healthy ways to deal with it. And they're not how I deal with it now. At least I don't know if I can really say I deal with it in a proper healthy way now. I was very vocal about it back then. I was very sympathetic to, or not sympathetic, but empathetic to the individuals that I know that got sexually assaulted from that individual afterwards as well. Um, and I want to help maybe give them a voice by saying these things as well. Because I know, I know the individuals that got assaulted, no one said anything about it. Um, there's probably a group of four or five of us at least. And uh, maybe even helpful in some way. This calls, that individual that assaulted all of us out, out a little bit, that'd be nice. But the ways I deal with it now is if I, if I talk about my friends, you know, just a few really close friends of mine um, that know all the details and everything like about it, about that feeling of vulnerability and insecurity and not having my own control, my own body, my own agency and everything like that. And... That feeling of uselessness that no one will believe me even when something horrible does happen to me, and that I'm really uncomfortable about and, you know continuing to have to see my attacker. Actually, I know where my attacker still works to this day, um, and it's at a restaurant that's not far from my house. And I'm just, I uh, just every time I see him, I instantly go back and wonder if he's still hurting people or what happened with that. But I've talked about those things now. I'm able to process them. I'm able to still have these healthy relationships even without it. I don't really know how to, uh, how to properly even express the things I have to it because I haven't honestly properly taken the time to actually feel how, express how I feel emotionally about it. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know I hurt and I'm scared about it. I hate talking about it. it makes me uncomfortable in the worst sense of understanding my emotions. Uncomfortable. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm probably able to even process it. I don't think I'm completely processed. I just know I like, get this twisted feeling in my heart and my stomach, and I'm just like, oh god, I have to talk about this. this is, I'm not I'm not a victim. I didn't, I didn't get raped. I didn't have anything, you know, truly traumatic happening. I was kidnapped. I wasn't drugged or anything. I mean, was literally drugged. I was on drugs. But he didn't drug me or anything like that. This is important because this happens to so many people. These little microaggressions that happen up with people who have these unwanted sexual advances happen to them, and there shouldn't be any tolerance for that. You know, as an individual that was in his teenage years who was very trying to figure out his sexuality with anyone, I never forcefully forced myself onto someone. I never once, you know, forcefully inserted my penis or made perform oral sex or anything like that on any individual that didn't want it. I was definitely awkward and, you know, Probably, you know, made some good comments. Times when I shouldn't have made good comments or something like that. But he never went as far as to take someone's agency away. At least I hope I didn't, because that is such a feeling of despair and hurt, and it makes me wonder as if that I, I am this person that's wonderful and and worth having things and everything like that. If someone can just treat me like an object like that, no one should ever have to be sexually assaulted. No one's. That's no one's fault. I don't care who you are. If you've been sexually assaulted, you didn't deserve it. You deserve so much more. Than that. You deserve the moon back, and you're worth so much more than that. That's all I can say. Is that you are a beautiful individual who deserves the moon and back and more. Who can go out and conquer the world and the story of agency because you've lived through this traumatic moment. You've lived through this thing. If you've been stripped of your agency. Because you were attacked and raped or assaulted or anything like that by an individual and chose to get up and continue moving on with your life, you are the strongest person I know. You are beautiful. You are an amazing story of resiliency. And you are worth so much because that is one of the hardest things I can imagine anyone having to do. And I'm proud of you for it. I don't know what the proper way to deal with it is. I don't want to claim to know what the proper way to deal with it is but I'm proud of you for taking that next step forward. So, without further ado, here's my, uh, to my attacker letter in one moment, as I, you know, I'm totally prepared and decide to take my time fighting and blow it up. Uh, here it is. To Smiley, you fucking bastard. I live in a place of isolation and destitute. I was homeless, I was unwanted, I was intoxicated by the manna of infetit. It had been days since I slept. Sleep was the rarest of treasures from me at this point. More of an esoteric find was that it was behind an open door of my last refuge. Sure, it was a trap house with Taco Bell wrappers Taco before who coals staining the carpet with their permanent berms from a fading ember a mattress carelessly thrown in the living room. That was Shambhala. The kingdom of heaven. It was my refuge. A place to be home with friends that were family. A toxic family. Still just strung together by a lasting fading memory. But the last place to stop by. I have walked all night for miles bloody coming down from my mighty high. Just to rest for a moment. The sweetness of that bed was home. To wake up aroused and why my membrane was wet, just to see a pitiful face slopping over it as a pig does with slop. I just had to roll over, shoot you away. What the fuck, dude? Leave me alone. In that moment, you took my last bit of agency. Gone and went. Then you destroyed my last family, my last stop. No one believed me until you would become a repeat offender. Gone was my last stop. Gone was any chance to find or rest. The only option left was to walk, 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 and fucking walk. I cleaned myself up, got the job, the education, got a few girls in the time period, too. And I've slept in my own bed for years now. But I still just walk and walk and walk and walk. Because in a moment at my deepest low, with desperation, a creeping for a slight relief, you took what was not yours and would take years to realize how much it hurt. Fuck you. I still walk. all the delusional. Thank you for listening to the Descent into Illumination podcast. Feel free to email me at into at gmail.com. Please follow me on Twitter at IntoTheDescent. Thank you very much again for listening. Please remember that you are loved, you are not alone, and that you are worth it.